The year is 1587. It's a somewhat turbulent time in the world, and every major power with a naval force has their ships in the water with plans to conquer the territories and the New World. The race to stake claim for their respective countries by establishing settlements and destroying the opposing ships is a dangerous one. One with which careful or even strategic planning seemingly falls to the wayside, replaced instead by the whoever-can-get-there-first-wins mentality. Despite a failed attempt two years previously, which was an organized military venture, Sir Walter Raleigh approved another settlement charter, this time led by John White. And thus begins the origins of one of America's oldest unsolved mysteries. On May 8th, 115 English settlers, made up of mostly London commoners, boarded the three-ship fleet, departing England and sailing for America. Perhaps they were seeking to become wealthy landowners, or perhaps they couldn't say no to the prospect of living in an uncharted, perhaps even dangerous new world. Although certainly brave, none of them, however, had any military experience. After nearly three months across the Atlantic Ocean, surrounded by nothing but water for as far as the eye could see, they had finally arrived on Roanoke Island. The colonists had a busy first few weeks, making attempts to repair severed relations with local native tribes, taking stock of their supplies, making any necessary repairs to the settlement's buildings, and even welcoming the first child born on American soil, Virginia Dare. Although they had already been more successful than the previous attempt to colonize Roanoke, John White, governor of the new colony, reluctantly agreed to sail back to England in order to gather a fresh load of supplies, leaving behind his wife, his daughter Eleanor, and granddaughter Virginia Dare. But just as he arrived, a major naval war broke out between England and Spain, and Queen Elizabeth I called on every available ship to confront the mighty Spanish armada. And even when Admiral White was granted permission to take a resupply ship back to the Roanoke colony, his attempts were either foiled by the Spanish or by French pirates. Eventually, Sir Walter Raleigh arranged passage for White on a privateering expedition of six ships that would spend the summer of 1590 raiding Spanish outposts in the Caribbean, but with the agreement that two of the ships would split off to take White back to his colony. In August 1590, White finally returned to Roanoke, where he had left his wife, daughter, his infant granddaughter, and the other settlers three long years before. The night before he and his crew made landfall, they spotted plumes of smoke and sang English songs loud in hopes the colonists would hear. The next morning, as they ventured onto land, they found nothing. No trace of the colony or its inhabitants. Upon reaching the site of the colony, White noted the area had been fortified with a palisade, a defensive wall, and carved into one of its posts was a single word, Croatoan. Apart from that, there were no clues left behind. No belongings, none of their small boats on shore, nothing. Only the word, Croatoan. 
Investigations into the fate of the lost colony of Roanoke have continued over the centuries, but no one has been able to come up with a satisfactory answer to their fate. In November 1937, a man from California named Louis E. Hammond discovered a stone next to the Chowan River with an inscription on its surface believed to be a message from Eleanor White Dare, the daughter of John White, leaving many to believe its inscription was a clue to the fate of the lost colony. On the top side of the stone it reads, Onias Dare and Virginia Dare went to heaven, 1591. Any Englishman show this rock to John White, governor of Virginia. And the underside reads, Father, soon after you go for England, we came here. Only misery and war for two years. Above half dead these two years, more from sickness. A savage with a message of a ship came to us. But within a small space of time, they became frightened of revenge and all ran away. Soon after, the savages said spirits were angry. Suddenly, they murdered all save seven. My child and Anias too were slain with much misery. Buried all near four miles... Was this message a last attempt to leave behind clues for her family to find her? Or the graves of the loved ones that they had lost while waiting for their resupply ship to return? No one knows. Since then, many other stones, now known as the Dare Stones, have been found in Georgia and the Carolinas. But even to this day, the mystery of the lost colony remains. Where had all the settlers gone? Why were there no clues left behind? Were they ambushed by a native tribe? Their relationship continuing to deteriorate from years before? Or did they fall victim to a terrible bout of disease? With their supplies dwindling, and with little to no hope of a resupply ship returning, perhaps they even resorted to cannibalism to stave off their hunger. Or perhaps a friendly tribe, feeling sorry for the lowered numbers of surviving settlers, took them in as their own. Croatoan was the name of an island south of Roanoke, now Hatteras Island. Was that single word carved into that wooden post a clue as to where their group may have migrated? The answer remains unknown. And the mystery of the fate of the lost colony of Roanoke remains unsolved. Hey, welcome back, Pilgrims and Squaws, to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. A podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. That was a good that one. That was man. a good one, man. I, and I gotta say, I love the... Uh, the new addition to the tabletop mm-hmm. RPGs because boy howdy are we getting yeah, in. I, I gotta be honest, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, is this another episode about Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're not even talking today about our awesome uh what is it called? Session mm-hmm. zero we had with uh with the DM um over the weekend. And yep. so it was cool. I guess we're just gonna have to Message us and ask us about it. Yep. All right. By the time our listeners are hearing this episode, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving would have come and gone. You might still be eating some leftovers, which pro tip here, 
definitely use some of that leftover turkey, some of that leftover gravy, mm. even maybe a little bit of that stuffing, and use that to make one of the best sandwiches you've ever made in your lifetime. Totally Trust agree. me. I mean, that's probably old news to people, but if you have never tried that before, mm-hmm. boy, howdy. Hey, let me uh, ask you a question. Uh, don't like cranberry sauce. There's your answer. Go ahead. No, well, I do. I do, actually. I love the sort of gelatinous, fake kind, but the no. homemade kind is disgusting. You're the worst, man. Homemade what? is the best. The gelatinous. I like the gelatinous stuff, too, but it kind of weirds me out a little bit. It's still in the shape of the can. Oh, that's, that's not, the best. That's not good. Anyway, what I was going to say is, are you a dark meat guy or a white meat guy so here we go with my controversial controversial statement here <laughs> i'm actually not a humongous fan of turkey man or ham really i mean in thanksgiving thanksgiving my favorite things at thanksgiving are like all the sides like green bean casserole uh Ugh. sweet potatoes um yep, you know good. with like the marshmallows on there and mm. actually has this recipe where it's got like candied candied yams uh yeah, but they're like, um, instead of marshmallows on top, it's like... Uh, Sweet tarts. You know, no, pecan. God, that would be <laughs> awesome. Uh, no, like, you know, candy, like pecans or something like that. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so that, and then like, of course, a pumpkin pie. Oh, man. Pie. That's what I really, like, I just kind of get a little... Tur- so in other words, like, I don't really, I usually get turkey breast instead of like the dark meat or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. What about you? See, I like the dark meat. I I think uh, I'm kind of the same. I mean, I love I love turkey, but you know, it it does it can get a little dry. So yeah. So one of the reasons why we decided to talk about this story of the lost colony of Roanoke was that you know when you start thinking back into your childhood, learning about Thanksgiving or you know pilgrims in general or any of the early settlers of our country i you know for me i don't remember and again my childhood was a little you know different i grew up overseas i went to an international Mm -hmm. school and so really like american history was like a page and a half in terms of like our history books because we were learning like world history which yeah was much older right and so we didn't really get super detailed. And so I missed a lot of the stuff maybe that you guys did, but you know, I went to elementary school for a couple of years here in the States first and you never learn about this. You learn about the happy stuff, you know, like, Hey, here is, this is how you plant corn mm-hmm. and the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria. Yeah, exactly. And then I don't think it was until you maybe mentioned it, you know, several years ago to me. Mm-hmm. That's whenever like my interest really kind of was ignited because of just how like, crazy it is because like if you put yourself in the shoes of these people right Mm -hmm. back it's it's 1587 you and 114 others are you know just signing up to volunteer to come to america man i mean yes there's going to be a couple of vagrants in that group right like people that just don't have anything else going for them whatever man let's get out of here you might even have a couple criminals or whatever but you know, maybe you're starting a new family like some of them were. I mean, can you imagine, dude, seriously, honestly, putting I your mean, family in that situation right now? Like, would you do it? Would you cross the seas knowing that whatever's on the other side you don't really know a ton about? You've been well, fed maybe this information like, oh, there's all this promise over there. and they Well, my, corn. my wife, God, you keep going back to the corn. <laughs> uh, my wife, for the longest time, didn't even like me driving to the mailbox without my kids in the car seat. So mm. I I would probably be okay with it, but no, the rest of my family, n- no way. But I mean, okay, but yeah, but I get that. But what I'm saying is like knowing and understanding the levels of danger that could happen. Well, the, in- the, the interesting thing too is just the idea that I'm sure these people were thinking, okay, this is, this is an amazing thing for, for my namesake and my... Um, mm-hmm. my family sort of history, you know, we're, ma- we're really going to make a mark, you know, especially like with Virginia Dare, the first child that was born yeah, in man. the Americas, you know, that's, that's an amazing thing. But then that is sort of overshadowed by this mysterious vanishing of, mm-hmm. of the whole settlement. So, you know, it's sort of bittersweet because it is an amazing thing. And I'm sure those people were doing it for the sort of 
broad stroke, grand scheme of things. But, you know, we don't know. We don't know how, how it turned out. There's so many different uh, theories. And yeah, I can't wait to get into some yeah, of these. Yeah, man. I mean, think about it this way. We're 433 years later, mm. still talking about yeah. this, I mean, relatively speaking, small group of people that, I mean, think about all the other numbers of, of set, like, hey, man, do you know anybody else that was in, in or part of the the Jamestown settlement? You know, nope. that isn't like maybe one or two people that were famous? No, no right? Not at but all. like these folks we're still talking about today. And even more intriguing, it's a mystery that's still truly unsolved. Can you imagine on both sides of the coin, right? So imagine you're some of the settlers that stayed mm-hmm. behind. You know, you're excited. You're in this new world. You you come upon this brand new settlement that's just been built. You know, I mean, you built it or whatever. They, everything's organized. Everybody's just high spirits. And they think, we'll see him in a year. No big deal. We'll get resupplies. And so during that year, man, you're just, you know, gosh, you're eating, you're having fun. You're not thinking about, well, we need to conserve this, you know. And maybe there was somebody in the in that little settlement that was like, you know, guys, just in case they run into troubles, let's just kind of like take it easy on these rations or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. A year goes by, nobody comes. Two years go by, yeah, nobody comes. Three years go by, and around that time is when, you know, John White finally makes his way back to find this settlement completely abandoned. And then this was the fact that always intrigued me the most. I'll never, dude, when you told me about this, it's the best part. Yeah. Croatoan. So cool. When, like when you first told me that, like, what is the Croatoan? I have no idea what that is. What in the world? Why would they leave that? What kind of clue are they leaving behind? Who wrote it? Who carved it? Who, you know, there's just so many questions. Yeah. I mean, we, we really loved it. I mean, we even had a song, um, Back in our band days, uh, we we had a song named after Roanoke. So, you know, it's always been sort of a uh, really cool kind of mystery. You know, not just to us, but I mean, it's probably one of the, as far as early America, I would say it's probably in the top three, you know, or or the number one, like sort of. It might be the first one, right? Yeah, the early sort of mystery. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different theories on this. And, you know, let me put out the disclaimer first. There's a lot of other places you can go if you want the hard facts, the statistical analysis, the dates, the names, the the reason that they were trying to avoid the Spanish Armada, uh, the trade routes, all that stuff. There's way more places that you can go if, you, if you're into that kind of stuff. For this podcast, though, we're all about sort of veering off a little and getting into the weird and the not so mundane ways of, you know, looking at these things. And, you know, in the time capsule, there were a lot of facts, but that's, this podcast is really just about sort of our perception on these things and why, especially with this story, it's, it's about the mystery and it's about all the other sort of possibilities that are a little left of center. Some of these, you know, are a little up in the air. I think some of these may be reaching a little, but they're still pretty fun. Let's approach let's approach it like this too with these theories, because that's how I'm gonna listen to it. And if if this is what I suggest for the listeners, mm-hmm. let's approach each and every one of these theories as an interesting possibility. You know what I right. mean? So in right. other words, whatever they are, you know, that would be rad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh one of the sort of more common theories and one of the theories that I think while it is a little mundane, I think this is probably the best theory is that the local native tribes sort of absorbed those colonists mm-hmm. as, you know, part of their own. There was an island named Croatoan, uh, which is now called Hatteras Island, just south of Roanoke, to home of a Native, Ameri- Native American tribe of the same name. Because the settlers developed, you know, like a friendship with the tribe, they carved Croatoan on the fort's gate post. Many settlers moved to the island and were, and were absorbed into the, into the tribe. And like I said, I think that's pretty cool. I think that's a cool sort of idea. It's probably the easiest to digest, right? right? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and seemingly most plausible. When I first heard about this, uh, my uncle Stuart was a, a huge history buff. He's like a, you know, Green Beret, Special Forces, and he always had all these really interesting things, which probably got me into sort of the more left of center stuff, you know, the historical accounts. 
And I remember him telling me this in probably around middle school. I had never heard of another island called Croatoan that was in the area. Like that was, yeah. this is all kind of new to me. So, uh, but I also found in research that some people are saying that that wasn't really the case and that that the Croatoan thing, you know, the tribe of the Croatoans came after. Hmm. Um, so I'm not really sure about that. Yeah, as far as like the, if the timeline kind of matches up. Right, right. There was also like another tree in the same settlement that it, it's almost like they started to write Croatoan. It was like C-R-O or, or something, and then it was like they stopped. So mm. that's another sort of interesting Well, interesting wow, man, fact. I wonder if that kind of, I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes into mind with that is that it was done in like haste, you know? Yeah, that's that's what I oh, thought. And mm-hmm. just imagine this too, though. Imagine that maybe there maybe there was, again, this is uh, this is not off of something that I've read. This is just in my imagination what what I kind of see as this possibility, especially the one where they like started writing Croatoan but then had mm-hmm. to like stop because they were interrupted or maybe, we haven't even talked about this yet, maybe they got some crazy disease. Mm. Um, you know, maybe that was kind of their escape route. Maybe they'd explored the area a little bit and knew, mm-hmm. okay, there's this island. If this other bad tribe comes after us, we're retreating to Croatoan, and, and then we'll just leave this message here for John White when he or any Englishman whenever they return. You know? Yeah, I mean, it could be, if you think about it, it's there's so many sort of options. I mean, just from the Croatoan being written on the tree. I mean, there's so many options. It's like, well, does that mean they fled to the Hatteras Island? Mm-hmm. Or does that mean they were... Those were the attackers. You know? Yeah, those were the attackers, and they were kidnapped by those people. And, you know, what we learned from the Dare Stones, which we'll get into later, those are the that was the tribe that kidnapped us and took us. One other thing that adds into insult to injury, Admiral White, when he came back, it was on Virginia Dare's third birthday when he shows up on the beach and the settlement's completely vanished. Another theory is that that the colonists fell victim to cannibalism, you know, themselves as things started getting a little more dire and, you know, resources were low just mm-hmm. because you never found any bodies. They never found any any remains of anything. See, man, that's another crazy thing, you know, because yeah. if it was disease, mm-hmm. well, you know, of course, they're English uh, and so they would have buried their dead potentially if right. they all didn't just, you know, get wiped out by this. Well, they would have been, you know, sort. Christian Protestant. So they yeah, exactly. So, the, you know, more than likely they would be marked graves, right. um, mm-hmm. based on their belief system. And then also, and, or I would, I should say there would be, yeah, bodies, uh, you know, that, that fell to disease. And yeah. so it's, uh, there were no human remains, but a lot of the, the natives, especially in that area, like the Iroquois and like uh, the Wapanoan, they were pretty big into like, even if their dead would die, you know, they would um, grind the bones into into powder form for, hmm. you know, a lot of sort of um, herbal like remedies and salves and that kind of thing. They would use a lot of the body stuff. And, you know, in 1609, you know, the Jamestown colony, there is evidence that links to them resorting to cannibalism. Oh, really? So, yeah, which is, I, I had never heard that. In until, Jamestown? Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Okay, another quick question, dude. Mm-hmm. Did you find anything about, like, any of the native tribes sort of, like, from that area? You know, because John White came back. Well, what happened then? Like, did he find any natives that knew of or said anything about what might have happened to these people? The the closest thing, and again, this is, you know, going back to the Jamestown colony, you know, this was 1607. The Jamestown secretary, William Strachey, claimed that the native chief, Powhatan, confessed to leader John Smith that his tribe murdered the colony as payback for aligning themselves with a rival tribe. And that Chief Powhatan possessed a musket barrel and a brass mortar and pestle, which was taken from the colony. Hmm. So, you know, the th- that that's the other theory, is that Chief Powhatan, the same guy that and his tribe that killed the Jamestown people did the same thing. And there's the other theory, which, again, it's it's a pretty mundane one. I don't know that I believe it, but it's basically that they waited and waited 
and nobody ever came. And so they boarded back up and tried to sail back to England and they were just lost at sea. Hmm. I mean, it's, it, that one seems like a really easy, easy one to, uh, Dismiss a little bit. Kind of dismiss it, yeah. It's yeah, like, oh, because I mean, like reading about these settlers, you know, they were like London commoners essentially from, right. from what I can find. And so mm-hmm. I'm doubting that they can just, oh, well, no worries, man. Old, old uh, Timothy over there, he's really good at, at making ships. And mm-hmm. so everybody just, you know, yeah. be patient. He's going to get us back in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you read anything about like some of the, the theory about like – them relocating to like a settlement called Beachland. No, what is that? So there's this like local legend in, well, it's called Dare County. Uh, they refer to like this abandoned settlement called Beachland. And it's located mm-hmm. uh, kind of near what's now like the Alligator River National Wild Refuge. Mm-hmm. And apparently there are some like, there's reports of these like small coffins, some with like Christian markings that kind of incurs the speculation that this could be some sort of link to the lost colony. Oh, um, wow. and, and where, where is this? It's in, it's in North Carolina. Okay. Okay. okay pal. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. but like based on these legends and stuff, this guy named Philip, he's an engineer, Philip McMullen and an amateur archeologist, Fred Willard concluded that Walter Raleigh dispatched mm-hmm. the 1587 colonists to harvest sassafras along this like alligator river. And then, like, all the records suggested that the colony's intended destination was Chesapeake Bay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that location of the new colony, wherever they were, like, kind of moving it, was kind of kept secret again to, like, hide from the Spanish. And it kind of, the, the colony's true location theoretically died with Sir Walter Raleigh in 1618. Wow, that, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But, yeah, there's several other ones. And one of those is that the... The Croatoan tribe basically executed the colonists uh, because they thought they were witches. Mm. Not really the way that we would view witches now, you know, through the modern lens. They would kind of view anyone that did something slightly different. You can imagine from like a native seeing, you know, the clothes and the way that they built fires in their encampments and their, you know, their houses. Like you were saying earlier, their houses look different and all that stuff's totally different and then maybe they did pass on disease and so you know they thought they were witches and then just kind of wiped them out there's this other one that roanoke was the site of a zombie apocalypse this one again this is a little bit of a stretch but just a little bit it's pretty simple it's basically that the colonists were diseased and they caught some sort of plague or you know from either the natives or they brought it with them it kind of made them go crazy and they ate each other and that's why there's no remains and the true origin of the walking dead i mean it would be pretty be honest, cool yeah no kidding man to be honest with you <laughs> i'd watch that show oh yeah absolutely you know i would too yeah it kind of reminds me of the graphic novel oh man what's it called manifest destiny Oh man, that's Remember, a great like one. all the crazy like monsters and stuff that that they had like Lewis and Clark fight and you mm-hmm. know like these crazy like zombies that were like part plant or whatever. Oh man, that's great that you. Uh, that's a perfect perfect segue into the next one hmm. that the Roanoke colonists were transformed into trees. Uh, the Croatoan tribe reportedly believed that the island had a spirit who, if angered, had the ability to absorb the offenders into the woods. Literally, the spirit could transform them into trees, stones, animals, or anything else in nature. That means not one actually went missing. They just became a part of the land, and they're still there. Dang. Which is pretty wild, but I love that. Yeah, Yeah, that's really cool. That's like right up our alley. Uh, The other one is another interesting one. It's that the (laughs) there was a reptilian devil of the woods, um, and it's that he possessed the colonists. Uh, it says that the Croatoans believe that greater spirits manifested themselves in the form of elements. Hmm. And they reported a strange phenomenon that occurred at the same time as the vanishing of the colonists. Birds would fall from the sky. Large numbers of wildlife would die abruptly in the area, uh, you know, where the native people hunted. The Croatoans told of an evil spirit that would take the form of a reptile. They said that it was able to attach itself to humans, causing them to demonstrate the demonic traits like violence and greed, the Croatoans warned the colonists that the evil reptilian spirit had infested the entire region. And once the infighting began, they knew the settlers were infected with the creature's evil, and that's why they turned on each other. Weird, so that's man. a crazy one. Well, yeah, it's just like just this conspiracy. Reptilian devil. Mm-hmm. 
you know, possessing the colonists. It's like those and, conspiracy theories that uh, there's this reptilian oh, I know. race that rules the free world. Mm-hmm. The There's another one that the colonists were victims themselves mm-hmm. of North Carolina witches. That's so awesome, man. Quick question. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see, did you write down anything that you know, pertains to its appearance in like pop culture and stuff? No, but I do have some really, 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 really cool tie-ins on the Croatoan name. Um, That's what I was going to ask about, actually. That's what I meant, sorry. Oh, cool. Yeah, so there's a few of these that are fascinating. And again, I don't know if they're true, I mean, but they are interesting and they're really fun. It goes into Edgar Allan Poe. Even. Mm. Not much is known about the death of Edgar Allan Poe in 1849. After disappearing on a trip from Virginia to Pennsylvania, he turned up nearly unconscious and babbling incoherently in a gutter in Baltimore, Maryland. While on his deathbed, Poe allegedly whispered the word Croatoan. No way. It's not clear what illness he suffered from and his official cause of death is still unknown. All medical records and his death certificate were alleg- allegedly lost. So could he have experienced the same fate as, um, you know, the lost colony? I mean, man, that is just insane. I've been an Edgar Allan Poe fan forever and I've never heard that before, you know? It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, There's other places that it would show up. There's an infamous stagecoach robber by the name of Black Bart that supposedly etched the word into the wall of his prison cell hmm. uh, right before he was released in 1888 and he was never seen again. What? Uh, there's a horror, yeah, uh, and horror author Ambrose Bierce vanished while in Mexico in 1913 uh, and the bed that he last slept in allegedly had the word mm-hmm. Croatoan carved into the post. What? Yeah. The word also appears on the last page of the logbook of the ghost ship Carol A., I thought you were going to say Titanic. Uh, Deering in 1921, which ran aground without its crew on Cape Hatteras near what was once known as Croatoan Island. And even Amelia Earhart reportedly scribbled the word in her journal found after her disappearance in 1937. What the heck, dude? I don't know if any of those are true, but if if they are, that's it's amazing. That, That there's this weird mysterious thing that's linking all of these i can tell you one thing i'm not writing it down. oh sh- no i haven't okay i was like oh man have i written that down anywhere no yeah it's wild i'm not writing that down i mean one thing too you know that we had kind of talked about earlier is um i mean we've gone over these these stories that kind of have a similar ending like the pied piper of of uh, hamlish so was it maybe something like that maybe the croatoan was some sort of bizarre cosmic H.P. Lovecraft type, you know, thing out in the ether that that these people were witnessing, mm. uh, you know, just before their death. I don't know. I don't know, man. Dude, what's cool too is it, 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 Croatoan actually also makes uh, appearances in a bunch of like, well, everything from like comics to books to TV shows now mm. and stuff. Do you remember the graphic novel, the 1994 graphic novel, Batman Spawn War Devil? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, Croatoan was the name of a powerful demon who, in the 20th century, attempts to sacrifice the entirety of Gotham City to Satan in that Whoa. book. And so that's like a, a, a detail that, I mean, God knows how long it's been since you've read that book, right? Yeah, like 95 yeah, I mean, or something. So yeah. back then, you didn't really think, you know, you're just like, oh, cool, there's a demon. But mm-hmm. I mean, its name was Croatoan in there. In 2015, there was a novel called The Last American Vampire. And in that book, the colonists are the victims of a vampire named Crowley. Um, mm. And that's where the, ins- in the inscription of the CRO um, was thus an incomplete attempt to implicate him. Oh, wow. So that's kind of a cool, that's kind that of a cool, cool tie-in. The anthology series American Horror Story has an episode called Birth. And it relates to a fictional legend in which the lost colonists uh, mysteriously died and their ghosts haunted the local Native Americans until a tribe elder banished them with the word Croatoan. Oh, like a like a binding mm-hmm. spell or ritual or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. And so, yeah. And I mean, just another reason why I've got to watch that series. Um, yeah, uh, there's a whole season called Roanoke, Roanoke I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and it presents a series of fictional um, encounters with these ghost colonists. It's kind of... Uh, Kind of fun. I mean, I think all in all, 
every single one of the theories is is pretty neat. Mm -hmm. An interesting clue that was found, like we said, in the time capsule were these dare stones. Yeah. Now, dude, when we were talking about this episode, I need you to t I need you to describe to people how insane this is because you'd completely forgotten about dare stones period. In fact, like when we first talked about this, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then you're like, Oh yeah. I also remember that yeah. there are these things called dare stones. And we started looking it up and you got to tell people, man, what, I mean, this is just nuts. But before you do, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, blow these people's minds. We will return after these messages. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You are listening to That Would Be Rad. So, so oddly enough, the, the crazy synchronicity is, is that all these stones which I believe are completely linked to uh, Virginia Dare or Eleanor Dare. Every single one of these stones are literally housed in Bernal College, which is the same town that Woody lives in. Yeah, Bernal University. <laughs> <laughs> and hard stop. Uh, no, yeah, Bernal University is only like, no joke, I'd say three miles from a house. Yeah, five minutes. I mean, I run, run right by it. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful campus. Historically, all women college, all women, woman, all all female college. But I mean, how fascinating when when we kind of like figured that part out. It's oh like, yeah, oh man, we have to go see these, and we tried to arrange to be able to see them before the recording of this episode. Mm -hmm. But with it being, you know, close to Thanksgiving and all this kind of stuff. Uh, no response. No, no, to no success, like avail right now. Yeah. So, but we're going to keep trying and we mm -hmm. will, um, even if it's just to be able to take our phones and post it on these. But I'm looking at these stones right now, a picture mm -hmm. of them. And just imagining myself just kind of like coming across these things, you know, on a hike in the wilderness or something and just being like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, because again, going back to the very beginning of this, 433 years later, we're still talking about these people yeah. with these names. So these mm -hmm. these folks are infamous in history now. And anyway, I just can't imagine coming across something so significant uh, while like hiking around, um, you know, out in the woods. But it does lead kind of down that path of one of the, you know, more plausible theories being that, you know, they were kind of uh, killed off, a lot of them, by a native tribe. And these stones were left behind by uh, Eleanor Dare to kind of leave clues for any English settlers that would come later. Which, man, can you, just the the futility of that, I mean. Think about how scary that would be, man. Thinking like, I've got to etch a message on a yeah. rock and leave it behind the, in hopes that they'll find it one day. Yeah, just randomly in a forest. Yeah, so I mean, just the fact that they're that close to me this whole time is just mind-boggling, yeah. man. I cannot wait to see these things in real life, man. Look, I think the bottom line is this is such an intriguing mystery. And if you'd never heard about it 
or if you didn't know much about it, mm-hmm. now's a great, hopefully this was a good primer to kind of, you know, get you interested in it to research it more. It's, I mean, it's pretty fascinating. But dude, should we announce the Sweet 16 list for the uh, that would 80s, be fantasy face, 80s fantasy face-off? Yes, I definitely think so. Any other random stuff you want to say? No, I can't think of anything. I mean, yeah, cool. I threw out stuff that, you know, I knew was pretty far-fetched, but yeah, well, still Yeah, fun, but I mean, fun. I like that stuff, man. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, that's the why witches, we had the whole the podcast. vampires, I mean, that's nuts, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, maybe, you know, another thing that we didn't talk about was, you know, maybe maybe they got taken up by some celestial beings or some, you know. That's been, an, that was another theory, actually. I'm glad you said that. You know, no real proof, however, but... Yeah. You never it's, know, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, wa- George Washington had a um, an encounter where like a visitation, like an extraterrestrial visitation. So, mm. you know, it's not too far out of the scope of Which believability. Do you, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but this week in the news, it really just happened today, but I'm saying this week, I sent it to you. Well, I don't know. I think I texted to you, but this freaking monolith that has I thought I sent that in to you. Utah desert dude yeah how, that's fascinating I mean man. I'm gonna I'm gonna post about it on our Instagram uh and so people will have seen it but can we just talk about that on the podcast for just a second dude yeah I mean dude. it is nuts bro I mean first off it's located in this like super remote area that they're not even disclosing to the public man because mm. with, for fear that they'd have to go and rescue folks so that if if the theory is that this monolith just appeared as some sort of new age art installation or something, mm-hmm. uh, they would have to be extremely skilled outdoorists. Like, yeah, and and th- that's one of those sort of explanations that seems even more far fetched. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, an art installation or, or a hoax or whatever. It's yeah. like so. You're I mean, no matter me- what, it could, it would be a badass hoax though. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, what are the odds of like? Um, cause how was it discovered? Was it like a farmer or rancher or something? And again, like we're talking like Badlands style, like out in the middle. It looks of like Mars, nothing. man. You yeah. know, like if you're thinking of Utah, let's see, if you, if you can't think of a visual in terms of Utah's like desert, think mm-hmm. of the very beginning of, um, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade when he's young Indy and he is right, like, with his Boy Scout troop, um, and he finds like the Cross of Coronado. That boy, that reference prize not yeah. really helping a lot of people. Oh, that's but, a that's a strong reference, Woody. But you know what I'm talking? That's the kind of mm-hmm. desert you're talking about. You know, like these yeah. red. It looks like Mars. Um, so basically, no, it was a crew from the the Utah Department of Public Safety and, and Division of Wildlife Resources that spotted this like gleaming object from the air. Yeah, um, dude. On November 18th. And oh, from the air. That's even yeah. That's even they, more wild. Yeah, dude. So they went down there. And it's like this three-sided stainless steel object. Now, I'm not reading anything about whether or not they tested it to be stainless steel or That's, what. That but, was my first, my next question. Yeah, but I mean, it looks. Again, if you haven't seen this report by the time you're listening to this, which you probably will, because it's gonna. I think this news story will be everywhere you turn. But if you've ever seen 2001: Space Odyssey. That's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of, that scene. That um, monolith, yep. Yeah, man. And it's just, no matter what, if it is art, it's pretty rad. If it's not art, it's pretty rad. So, I mean, yeah. anyways, maybe, oh my gosh, dude. How crazy would it be? <laughs> I can't even, my mind's going to explode. How crazy would it be if we find out in the next couple of days, by the time this airs, before this airs, I mean. Give it to me, champ. they... As they inspect this monolith, I know where closer, you're going. Not, not, not like, uh, what's it called? Carved into it, but like engraved into yep. it. it. Just says Croatoan. Croatoan. Yep, exactly. <sighs> okay, man. Look, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. But first, before we go, we promised our listeners that we would go over the kind of list of '80s fantasy movies that we are going to be like battling or we're going to be putting up against each other in the ultimate battle that we are calling the 80s fantasy face-off so we came up with a list of 16 i'm not even going to say the best fantasy movies really just the ones that we could come up with when we were thinking about this and we wrote them down Mm -hmm. 
for like a typical sort of Sweet 16 sort of March Madness style mashup. Now, oh, yeah. And thinking about this, maybe timing, maybe we should have waited until March, but I imagine that we'll probably come up with another one then. So um, be on the lookout for that. Anyhow, mm-hmm. we're going to announce the 16, what would you say, champions that are going to be going against yeah. each other here. Yeah, a real clash of champions, if you will. Oh, a clash of, yeah, a clash mm-hmm. of champions. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not in any ranking order. This is just the 16, literally as we came up with them. Number one. The Beastmaster. Yep. Number two, Kroll. Mm, one of my That's favorites. That's Kroll with a K, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Number three, Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Number four, Ladyhawk. Yep. Number five, Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Number six, Conan the Destroyer. Which I know, I know. I know that both of those, it's like a sequel, and we kind of broke our own rule, which was mm-hmm. we weren't going to include sequel. The problem is... Those two movies are so, it's so different, man. You know, like the first one, Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't even talking. They, they've overdubbed yeah. his voice. In in the first one, he's from Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, in the second on. one. Exactly, man. Conan the Destroyer is like the best. Okay, so let's just keep on cruising. Mm-hmm. Keep going, sorry. Willow. Oh, classic. Number eight, The NeverEnding Story. Mm-hmm. Number nine, The Dark Crystal. Yep. Number 10, Legend. Number 11, and it could be the only animated one here, The Last Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Number 12, Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. Number 13, The Princess Bride. Number 14, Red Sonja. Mm-hmm. Number 15, Fire and Ice, which I think is our second and yeah, that's only animated other animated one. one. Mm-hmm. And the number 16. Oh, and by the way, I said Frank Herbert's uh, Fire and Ice. I think... Or no, no, no. I said Frank Thorne's Fire and Ice last episode, and that is incorrect. I don't remember if that made it or not. Oh, maybe it didn't make it, actually. I don't know. Carry um, on. And that's probably not going to make it either, so thanks for <laughs> interrupting. Uh, number 16, Wizards of the Last Kingdom. Now, I've never heard of that one. Me neither. I can't wait to watch them. So some of these awesome. we've definitely seen, actually, basically all of them except for that one. Mm-hmm. Um but most of them we haven't seen in a long time. So one of our rules was, number one, it has to be in the 80s, obviously, the name, 80s Fantasy Face-Off. So yep. it couldn't be you know, pre-80s. I know there's a lot of good fantasy movies out there, pre-80s, and several post-80s um, that are out there. But this is strictly the, the 80s fantasy movies that we want to kind of pit against each other. Also, if if folks out there have you know, other movies that they do think are, you know, the stronger, you know, champion. We'd like for you to keep it to yourself and (laughs) wait until next year when we go round two. Well, no, but I mean, you know, some of these, uh, you know, could be substituted out. out. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, you really are a true, true friend of ours. Big time. And, um, you know, we love all the comments, all the interactions that we get every single week. Yeah, so again, thank you so much uh, for listening, putting up with us. Anything you need to say, shoot us a DM on uh, That Would Be Rad Instagram. Um, and I guess that's it. You got anything else, Woody? No, I just, well, you know, I think we said this at the top, but hopefully everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. You yeah. know, obviously this year's kind of crazy. It's kind of weird. Hopefully you were at least able to... Um, share the time with with those that you love and then look it's already december um we're going to be going over at some point the christmas movie episode will be coming soon Mm -hmm. and um there will be some arguments that ensue there so anyway have a wonderful rest of your week thank you so much for coming back and until next time be rad that's the way it
clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead before you became a ghost. You always said our future would be a parade of flowers, but now all that's left is a single rose. That's the way it goes.